0: Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Doctor Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 Dilly D.
1: I am Brown Sabbath, and with me is. Oh, yeah, Slabzilla. Yeah, what's,
0: what's going it? on there, dude? Not much, Ralph, uh, other than we have a special guest with us today. Uh-oh. All, all the way from down under, TJ
1: James. How you yeah. doing, brother?
2: I am all the better to be hanging with you guys. And, and, I, and I paid for this.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm yeah so, you're gonna learn real quick
2: yeah i'm so proud of you
1: dude you get to talk to us so happy for you i'm very happy me too ralph right on man so, tj tj
0: james uh terence says that stands for terrible jew is, well, is that
2: true <laughs> I've, i don't think i've ever met i've never actually met an australian jew there probably there probably are them <laughs>
0: The
1: real stingy with their shrimp on the bobby. Oh, you know, you know, you know, somebody's gonna cut that clip and play it over and over again. <laughs> like, like, like if you were serious, you should,
0: you should send me a a screenshot of all our Australian reviews because I can only see the U.S.
2: ones. I can, uh, I can try and do that. That's easy.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I would, I would like to see that and read those because we do have a lot of listeners in Australia. I love Australia. Never been there, but I love it already. Uh, would it's, love to
2: visit. It's apparently it's apparently very much like the States in a lot of ways. You know.
1: Have you Oh, been, that bad? Have you been here?
2: <laughs> have you been here, T J? Oh yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. My my cousin was getting married in New York, so I so I spent a couple of weeks in in the States and went around and had a meeting with Motley Crue's manager and do the bunch of stuff. Yeah, I've been there.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of New York because, you know, I'm, uh, too many uh, too many people from Alaska there. I hate people from Alaska. Right, Ian? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, Alaska.
1: those fucking Eskimos. That's what they're called. Yeah, those fucking New York with all those igloos, igloos and shit. Fuck <laughs> that place. I'm racist toward, well, toward igloo. Yeah.
0: Terrence calls them igloos.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, there's there's... You know, and nothing against all Aboriginal people, but there's some Aboriginal people in Australia that think they own the country and that I shouldn't.
0: Yeah. Well. Hey, uh, hey, hey! How can they sleep while their beds are burning,
1: TJ? God damn! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have a heart. Now, TJ, honestly, man, uh, I love you, man, but I can give a rat's ass about what's going down across there. <laughs> Fuck so, uh, just you, dude. You and Adam Marshall. Fuck everybody else. Anybody, well, uh, uh, yeah. Michael Lynch, we, got, right, we got, yeah, a ton. yeah. yeah no, I, yeah. everybody in Australia that's not part of the uh, RMCB army, they all suck, and I'm sure everybody in Australia listen to us would agree, ain't that right, TJ?
2: Yep, that's true. If you don't listen to Rock and Metal Combat podcasts, then fuck off.
1: Yeah, I wish, yeah. Every, I wish everybody in Australia other than the people that listen, uh, that listen to Rock and Metal podcasts. Well, I can't even say the name of this fucking podcast still. <laughs> what's it been, eight years? Rock and Metal yeah. Combat Podcast. I hope everybody that doesn't listen to the, you know, I wish all of them would have been eaten by a dingo as an infant. Right, DJ? <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right. Dirt, dirty kangaroo fuckers.
1: Yeah. God
0: damn it. You know, you know.
1: Why, why do you guys have kangaroos? Why don't you eat them already? They go around people. No, 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 no. they do. Still, no, no, you gotta make them instinct, bro. They kick people. Dude. I,
2: I ha- actually, I actually hate kangaroos. Oh,
1: you do? Yeah, but people, but there's people I like it. So just go out there and cook it for them. Don't you hate kangaroos? I don't know what I hate more, kangaroos or igloos.
2: Oh
0: <laughs> uh, well. But, but I, I, I fancy a koala bear. I like koala bears. Yeah, yeah. But don't they're, rip they're your not, fucking they're... face off.
2: Honestly, honestly, in all seriousness, and I know this is pretty gay sounding, but koala bears (laughs) are gorgeous.
1: Oh, great. He's going to bring up Motley Crue. Uh, Koala
2: koala bears are gorgeous. They really are. They're beautiful. Oh, they are.
1: Dude, I've never seen a stuffed animal more beautiful than a dead koala bear. They're beautiful. You know what's funny? I actually have a stuffed koala bear. I know. I, Uh, I know. Hey, Ian, by the way, I fucked it when i was there oh yeah. man don't worry i cleaned it up from the that, outside of his butt <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a it's a little one though oh my god how did, did you not tear it apart <laughs> no i got a little one man remember my great grandmas oh. Chinese i'm packing a oh. belly button over here oh that's just wong oh shit all right well let's get into the news shall we all what right, do we got hey, going on did, here? Is there anything in the news that says that Motley Crue still sucks? I'm kidding. Uh, Well, our, our first story is... And uh, I'm,
2: uh, I'm not M- offended by that, Ralph, at all.
1: Yeah, I know, because you're not a
2: pickle whistle. <laughs> uh,
0: our first story is Motley Crue related. Uh, Evanescence drummer Will Hunt uh, said, filling in for Tommy Lee on a Motley Crue tour, there was immense amount of pressure to pull it off, and I don't even remember this. Do you guys remember when he filled in for Tommy Lee? Yeah, I do.
2: But then again know. I'm a Yeah. But then again I'm a freak. So.
1: Uh no, I didn't. Yeah. Was, uh, I remember was... I remember when uh Kid Rock filled in for Tommy Lee when he was banging Pamela Anderson. I remember, <laughs> I remember that.
2: No, that was when that was when Kid Rock filled Pamela Anderson.
0: Yeah. Uh, Fuck. Hey, have you have you seen that video? I don't think
1: anybody can fill Pamela Anderson. I, you know what I, like I
2: refuse I refuse to watch that video on principle.
1: Hey, I don't even know if TJ's seen this. I saw already all three episodes of Pam and Tommy.
2: Yeah, I'm not watching that either.
1: It was good. It it good. I I loved it. You know you know who's the main character in it? Seth what what's his name? Seth something? Seth Rogan. Dude, he's, Seth Rogen. he's got a mullet. And- I ain't gonna give away the plot, but you know, I mean, if this story ain't true, they can get sued. It's pretty. All I can say is pretty crazy why he took the tape if it is true. You know, it's uh well, you know, I mean, he stole a safe not knowing the tape was in there. But I don't want to give it away. Tommy Lee did some shit that, that made him pretty much do that. Uh, but uh, well, I, but I like it. I got it. I
0: got it if you want it, Ian. I can send it to oh, you. Oh,
1: I, yeah, I, I, I can get it. I, I mean, I I wasn't going
0: to watch it. And then I found out, you know, uh, as far as the soundtrack playing the part of Motley Crue was rat. So I was like, okay, oh. at least it'll have better music. So, well, back to the story. Uh, guy says there's a lot of pressure pulling it off to be Tommy Lee, uh, but apparently not what you think. He said the drum parts were actually pretty easy. You know, it's not too hard to play the cowbell. But he said having to rap uh, was hard. He oh, had no experience rapping before he filled in for Tommy. I,
1: I feel his pain, man. Yeah. I wish I could, like throw down some bars,
2: as the kids say today, or spit uh-huh. out bars. See, I can't even get that right. I just want to. I just want to state for the record that that latest Tommy Lee. Album Andro, oh, is probably now. I had to buy it because it's got Tommy Lee's name on It' because I'm a, a collector, right? But that is probably the worst album I have ever heard in my life.
0: It's worse than the other Tommy Lee solo albums.
2: Yeah, um, to, Tommy Land, Tommy Land is actually really good. I reckon that's a really good album. Uh, uh TJ, I
0: thought you said you weren't drinking. <laughs> I, 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 I'm glad. I'm glad you lied to me.
2: Well, oh I'm not. I'm don't not think, I don't think that's liquor, anyway. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, I think you i'm got not. Oops. I'm not drinking. I'm not drinking, but I do have cerebral palsy, so that probably explains a hell of a lot. Mm-mm. Oh, oh,
0: you're playing the Terence card now. You're going to start uh, saying kidding. racist shit about <laughs> aborigines. <laughs> Here's a funny story coming up, uh, and once again pertaining to the episode we're going to do uh motley cruz nikki six fires back at eddie vetter after eddie vetter was talking about uh when pearl jam formed you know he was so sick of you know glam shit and shit like girls 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 yeah. and uh you know said you know guns N' roses at least was a shot in the arm of something real compared to that kind of shit and uh nikki six fires back saying uh, pearl Jam's one of the most boring bands in history And here's a rare story where I agree with both of these guys. (laughs) I think they're both absolutely right.
1: Yeah, I mean, Eddie Eddie Vedder, though, man, look at those really early interviews before they hit it big. He was always so jolly and cheery and jokey around. And once we became famous, we came all like serious, serious. And I like I like Pearl Jam and I like Motley Crue. I like them both. I mean, certain things on both.
2: Pearl Jam. Okay, and this was 1995. And I you know, I was into them. I had the first three records, whatever, first three albums. And I I thought, "Cool, I'll go I'll go and see Pearl Jam." I think they are, they were the most horrible live band I've ever seen in my life. It was lifeless. It was it was just Horrendous that show. There was there was no no lights, no nothing. Eddie Vedder didn't want to be there. All he did was li- literally look look down the whole night. I have an experience just like that,
0: but uh, you know it, it was a six a.m. show, and and I'll give you the <laughs> I, I'll give you the shirt, TJ. I'll send it to
1: you. I saw I saw six a.m. My friend my friend Are you... got, yeah my friend got a uh, me tickets to Crew Fest, one of the Crew Fests. And it was 6 a.m., Buck Cherry. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> talking about a shitty-ass show. And I saw oh, it man. all. And, dude, I, had like, front row for that shit. I was so close that I noticed. Ralph's that. on the DVD. Yeah, I was so <laughs> close that, that I noticed the singer Buck Cherry was wearing Iron Maiden sneakers. That's how close I was. And I was like, "Why is he wearing Iron Maiden sneakers?" Because he's a crazy bitch. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. I like Buck Cherry.
1: I, I like chicks that like Buck Cherry. Yeah, TJ, you like
0: Motley Crue, okay? <laughs>
1: I'm sorry, man. Chicks that like my. Uh, I other you know, a chick that like Buck Cherry. And and, I and like "Leaky is by John Lennon. I never realized you hate the Beatles too. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> what, hey, what did what did music ever do to you? <laughs> Who was your favorite victim when you went out there and serial killing there, TJ? Yeah. <laughs>
2: Nikki Nikki Six dead or Sammy Hagar dead.
1: I don't want either of them dead. Oh, Sam. I, I know what eight said. I don't wish any of them dead. But Ian does. Do you guys know that I paid a
2: thousand dollars to meet Motley Crue?
1: Oh, You only Ian can make fun of you there. I've done worse.
2: Oh man
0: man, a thousand a thousand dollars. Really? Damn
1: you know yeah, straight. You know how many Rolling Rocks you can buy for a thousand dollars? Oh, uh, all of them?
2: Yeah. <laughs> you can probably you can probably buy some Rolling Cocks for that too. <laughs> yeah. Hey,
1: hell, you could have mine for twenty bucks. Shit. Oh my God. <laughs> that's that's twenty fucking Rolling Rocks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh. You know what I'd let you do to me for a thousand dollars?
2: Oh. You
0: got a thousand dollars
2: left? Would you let Would you let Ralph give you a rim job for a thousand dollars? Well, I'm doing it for free now. I might as well. <laughs> he answered the question.
0: A thousand dollars. How much time did you get with those assholes?
2: <laughs> well, a few minutes, you know. Oh my god! But I, you know what? You know what? I don't regret it at all. I don't wow. regret.
1: it. Yeah, screw you, Ian. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here trying to defend myself over that Gene Simmons thing. Uh, okay, 000, I did, a I thousand dollars. I did the Gene Simmons vault thing too, Ralph.
0: My um oh, Jesus Christ! Dude. When you met Mick Mars, did you tell him, "Quit crying about your fucking back. I got cerebral fucking palsy." Yeah, you fucking cried, well, I did, baby. I just
2: I just limped in and nearly fell over him. If well, I
0: if I if I knew you would pay a thousand dollars to meet Motley Crue, I would have charged you a lot more for this episode. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs>
2: I was going to say, I'm paying money to make you Ian. I, I, I,
0: I know. And uh, I, I'm I'm getting gypped here. I'm getting gypped. If if I knew you'd pay that much money. Holy shit. Oh God. Anyway, next story. Uh, Rob Hofford admits it was his idea for Judas Priest to tour as a quartet. Mm. And he said that blew up in his face. Uh, Anybody believe this shit or have a theory on why he would do this? Is, what, is this did, did, did money you motivated?
1: It? The thing did is, you, you need to read into that article.
0: Oh yeah, no, well, no. I, I read what he said about Judas Priest starting out as a quartet.
1: No, but, but I, I don't.
0: I don't believe said, that for a minute.
1: When he said that he wanted, he told the band, "Look, I want it. Do a quartet," and then it exploded in his face. What it was. He didn't pronounce it right because he had a cock in his mouth and then it blew up in his face and then he it got in his eyes and he forgot to tell people you know, hey, I want it to be a five piece. That's, that's exactly what the, the headline says it all. That, that's that, kind of like
0: what TJ T. James told me he paid a thousand bucks to meet Motley Crue. He must have had a cock in his mouth then he paid five bucks to meet Motley Crue.
2: <laughs> hey, Vince. That, that new so, Judas Priest box set rules, by the way.
1: Damn that that five hundred dollars thing you bought that.
2: Yeah, my friend, my friend sent it to me. Dude, how much money do you and your friends have? They need a <laughs> yeah. Look, you need well, a- no, hey, no, my DJ. my mate. Like I said, my mate, he went on to become like a multi, multi, multi millionaire.
1: All right, well, well, look, I need for you to talk to your friend and have yeah. him, have him send a thousand dollars a month each to Ian. <laughs> me, not Ian, I me, mean, me and Ian. So paid for doing this, man. Get on it, TJ. You rule, brother. Yeah. And tell them thank you in advance.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'll suck the shit out of a dick for a thousand bucks a month. Goddamn!
1: I'll let Ian suck him for days.
2: For days. How's, your, no, new, nope, how's no? your new relationship going, Ian? Is it better than the last one for you?
0: My my new relationship. Oh, my yeah. new relationship with my old wife. Yes, it's going very. It's going Good. splendidly. Thank you.
2: Yeah, man. Thank you. We I always very concerned about you, brother.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm I'm okay. I'm
1: A-okay. I'm doing pretty fucking good and
2: very happy. Thank and you. And Ralph just has 10 women a week.
1: No, I yeah. don't. I, I have nothing. But my, my I, I'm kind of jealousy. And what I want to do is I want to find one of the old hookers I used to bang. <laughs> and that, that is a steady bang for a while. Well, and again,
0: speaking of Judas Priest, Uh, they say they're very excited to be nominated for a third time for the rock and roll hall of fame. And, uh, KK says he's excited. And Judas priest says there would be no weirdness if they were inducted together. Uh, I don't know if if something, you know, I could give a rat's ass about the rock and roll hall of fame, but if they do get inducted, I would hope they would perform with KK. Anybody got
2: any thoughts on that? um I don't yeah. I'm with Ralph
1: I, I i i hope he does but I hope they don't get in that's all I hope really
2: <laughs> yeah I, I think I think the rock and roll haul of sham suck
1: Fucking Cleveland. I, don't, I don't
2: need I don't need them to tell me what is cool or what's not
1: hey man I, what, I not against Cleveland but really man is that really a tourist trap? Why the fuck are you gonna put in Cleveland? No offense to people in Cleveland. I heard you guys rock, but I never been there. I like to go to fucking L.A. I like to go to New York City. You know, those are my my. Oh, I like Nashville and uh, and uh, Ohio. I mean, I mean, look at the oh well, Cleveland. The Cleveland's in Ohio. Cleveland's in Ohio, is it?
2: Huh.
1: <laughs> yep. Well, well, then I guess i was about Cleveland. Ohio out. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, here's something I'm actually looking forward to at this year's uh, Southwest by Southwest Festival. They're going to premiere the Dio documentary, Dio Dreamers Never Die. Yeah. I just want this to and,
2: come out on DVD.
0: But I, I love Dio. I would love to see a, like a very well done documentary about him. Hey, but uh, I haven't seen mine. You know. I,
1: What's that? If you haven't seen mine, mine is amazing.
2: What, your book yeah, or your documentary? Yeah, but, I made a deal. Yeah, Dio but Dio. you're amazing, Ralph, in general. That's just a given. Everyone knows that.
1: But did you see my, I think it's the best documentary I ever made. My Dio documentary.
2: You know oh, what, No, you know I, what have, I, I have not
1: seen that. You know, that. What,
2: you know oh, what I, I loved mean? recently that you did last week? What's that? I love that ACDC album ranking. I thought it, was, thought it was awesome.
1: Oh, yeah. Somebody paid me for that.
2: By the way, I was gonna ask you. Um, how much like how much do people pay for you to review stuff?
1: I uh, it fluctuates. It fluctuates. But you know what? Not not even close as much as your friend's gonna start paying me and Ian.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'll
1: swallow for a thousand. Yeah. You know, Ian's gonna do all the gay stuff, man, and I'm gonna take the bank to Ian's bank. I'm I'm yeah. gonna take care of that part because of the, He's sucking the guy off for me, you know? I'm not going to do that. Even though I'm a fucking flaming homosexual, I refuse to suck dick. I don't know what's wrong with me, man. I'm gay and I find men unattractive. I'm fucking confused. But I will tell you this. That Dio documentary coming out, I set a bar. Let's see if they... You oh, know, can- I'm, I'm bisexual. I
2: paid for... It Let's see
1: if they can do better than me. My documentary is the shit. I'm telling this right now. And yes... My modesty sucks, but watch it. I have had grown men write me telling me that they cried watching this shit. Oh, so I got to see this shit. Dude, it's fucking heavy duty, man. It's, uh, I, dude, I got footage from Elf on there. That's really hard to get. Rainbow. I, I do the, I even have the doo-wop shit on there, man. Before fucking in, in the 50s. Nice. You know, I like Ronnie I, and the Prophets and shit. Yeah, oh, Ronnie and nice. the Prophets, Ronnie and the red Caps. You know,
2: I got it all on it. It's all on there, you, man. You know, you know, you know what's so awesome about Ronnie James too? was that. Better, you know, a better
1: I, question is what is not awesome
2: about? Ronnie? Yeah, no, I know, I know. But what? what Magica. Is, yeah. Hey, hey. I don't name, look. You know, because I I do music for a living, and I've had years of vocal training and whatever. You can you can understand, you know, you can understand every single word that Ronnie James Deer ever sings, His intonation is freaking unbelievable. He's amazing. Unbelievable.
1: He was as amazing as the documentary I made. It's called The Man on the Silver Mountain on YouTube. Check it out before oh. this other one comes out because I'm curious if they're going to raise the bar on my badass documentary. Thank you. Well, I mean, TJ, <laughs>
0: If you like singers where you can understand everything they're saying, then what the fuck do you see in
2: Vince Neil? Wow, well, yeah, Vince, that's a good question. Vince, <laughs> Vince is Vince is great in the recording studio. <laughs> but but, but uh, like, come on, he couldn't, you know, he couldn't, since went no no. Did you see that? Did you
1: see that? TJ couldn't even keep his straight face.
0: <laughs> Here here's the next story, and 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 this is a sad but uh, but happy story. John Cizula will never have to hear Vince Neil sing again. Uh, The bad news is it's because he died.
1: Oh, Oh, man. Oh, man, Ian, that was a great setup. That shit was (laughs) awesome. (laughs) Johnny
0: Z, man, we were so lucky. So lucky to talk to this guy. And, uh, man, what this guy did for metal uh, is is just amazing. You know, and he was so nice, and <laughs> one of my one of my favorite memories ever of doing this show is when we did uh, we did our interview with Johnny Z, and and I made the Metallica joke, and the look he did into the camera like, "Hey, you asshole!" Yeah. and route and, and Ralph saved it real quick and changed the subject. <laughs> but it was so funny. But he couldn't have been a nicer guy, yeah. and. You know, a lot of, you know, a lot of bands have had their ups and downs with Johnny Z, but there's no denying what he did for metal and how important he was. And uh, I was very sad to hear about his passing.
2: You know, I did nice did any trunks say anything?
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. He said, I know, I knew Johnny Z. <laughs>
1: he was a friend of mine. Yeah. Oh, uh, Johnny. He was a, I got to meet him once. Yeah. No, t- met him twice, actually. And he was very, very nice. Uh, yeah, me and him were little buddies, man. He would write me on my birthday. And uh, we were, you know, we were friendly. One time he went on Facebook Live. And I was like, hey, Johnny, he's like, Ralph from Miami. And, eh? you know, I was like, yeah, there you go. He knows where I'm from and everything. Hell yeah, I'm pulling that. I could be Eddie Trunk, too. You saw that, Ian? I was, oh, that <laughs> yeah, strong. I saw that. I like Johnny, that. Johnny like that. Z knew me. Man. I
0: want to ride those coattails. I'll be like, I know a guy who knows Johnny Z. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Super nice guy. And anybody listen to this, if you haven't heard that episode yet, check out our interview with Johnny Z. It was pretty fucking cool
2: the can guy who was a legend the one thing i do not understand is that is the cassette resurgence i do not get that at all
0: yeah that that that's like hipster shit gone horribly wrong you know it's like oh how can i be more ironic oh i'm gonna bring back you know i i get vinyl well mm. let, me
1: tell, uh, let me tell you uh cassettes uh sound even worse and i have a theory you yeah know? I have a theory. I think all these bands that are putting their shit out on cassette are fucking posers, man. And uh, also, if you go on Google and you type in Unchained Tapes, you can get Thrasher Dive on your skull on cassette. And that's true. We're posers.
2: (laughs) It's a holocaust. Uh, Poser holocaust
1: will not come out on cassette, (laughs) but it's coming out on vinyl later this year. Actual, true story.
0: No, but but you know if you're gonna bring that back as a format i think h track would be even cooler than a fucking cassette yeah you know but, you
1: know
0: at least one you know you're you're talking to people like I, I can see like the coolness factor to to people who didn't grow up with cassettes like we did you know uh yeah no there's nothing great about cassettes vinyl yes cassettes no but <laughs> if, you go- if you want if if you want true, like like to me, I've never heard anything that beats a, a flak file. You know, I really think that's just superior I, sound quality.
1: There is one cassette out there, Ian, that blows away flak files and vinyl. The, it's the greatest sounding cassette. You can find it on Unchained Tapes. It's Thrasher Dives, <laughs> Your Skull on cassette. It's the best way to hear the album. Oh, well, I'll have to buy it and check it out. Yeah. It's actually made out of flak tape.
2: Oh, oh, well, that's high quality. Yeah. But well, it's better than a thing made out of fag type.
0: <laughs> hey, hey, Terrence, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> Stop being so homophobic. You, you paid $1,000 to suck three Motley Crue dicks.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. You got, well, you, got well, only, you got, not only did you pay. A thousand dollars, but you for that thousand dollars, you got STDs in the mouth.
2: Believe, yeah. believe me, believe me, I'm anything but homophobic.
0: Okay, yeah, you're not afraid to suck a dick and pay a thousand dollars to do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not homophobic.
2: <laughs> if only, if only, if only you'd known me when I was fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> more than more than oh. I, oh, I, I saw the video.
0: Oh, God. All right. Well, on that note. Let's get into let's get into it. Let's talk about the album you picked, TJ Motley Crue's 1994 self-titled album, Motley Crew. Uh, um, why did you pick this one, James?
2: Because for, to me, it is the greatest album ever. Bar bar wow. bar anybody. It's the great bar anything. It's the great. It's to me. It's my number one album of all time. Uh, I have. I have. I have to say that that um, Motley Crue is the only band that I can say I really love every song.
0: Every song.
1: Even every Brandon. Song. Even Brandon.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Even wow. Brandon. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Wow.
1: That is kind of shocking. First band on the well, moon. You
2: know, you know, I am a spastic, so it probably explains a lot.
1: Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. You like First Band on the Moon. It's, yep.
0: Uh, TJ, if, if I charge you a thousand dollars, would you suck my dick? <laughs> no, I want a meal, not a
1: snack. Oh! oh no, no, Ian's hung I'm the snack. Ah! <laughs> uh, uh, big old donkey dong. <laughs>
0: I, I know what you're afraid of. You're afraid you're afraid that your cerebral palsy would kick in, you'd move too fast and I'd come too quick. If I do, I'll give yeah, you five hundred back. Yeah, I'll pretty give much. you five hundred no, back.
1: Yeah, pretty much just <laughs> off my
0: wife <laughs> What's his name? Are we gonna meet him? Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, just like Nikki, that name goes both ways. Oh
2: god. <laughs> Because Motley Crue is my whole life, dude.
1: So, so now that uh, they went back on that contract, uh, do you realize your life now is a lie?
2: No, he's born again. Look, look, I was, I was pissed, I was angry for about a day, and then I thought, I'm gonna see my, I might see my favorite band again. So, you know, I I really I don't care. I mean, I, you know, I mean. I, it I cried crazy. when I found
0: out Motley Crue was your favorite band.
2: <laughs> Finally, I found out on Christmas Day, 93, that the album was coming out in March 14th 94. I was ringing the record stores like a fiend for, you know, and I, I used to ring the record company, too. I used to ring Warners and I used to ring used to, um, I used to ring Warners and say, when's this Motley Crue album out? When's this Motley Crue album out? And, and so I was, I was ready. I was ready. I bought, I bought the Hooligans Holiday single the minute I could get my hands on that. That was the first thing I heard. The first thing, the first time I heard Hooligans Holiday, I hated it. You know, I, I got up at eight o'clock. I got to the shop at this record store at eight o'clock in the morning. I made the guy open up just so I could buy them the crew album.
0: No, you know what? You're passionate about it. You care about it. it it's a little scary. It's a little freaky. <laughs> but, uh, god damn it this is your episode TJ go for it uh, but now we're going to cut you off and let Ralph talk
1: about it <laughs> hey, let me tell you something better motley crew than thrash or die let me tell you woo <laughs> right.
2: we're, we're just not in the same room Ralph look out oh, Man, <laughs> you're giving me the
1: willies is that how they say it over there or is that in England willies you're giving me the willies
2: you're, you're a powerful and attractive man. Uh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, how I discovered this. Headbangers Ball. Uh, unlike TJ there, man, I automatic man, the second I heard Hooligans on I was like, whoa, this is awesome. I loved it. I was like, oh, I can't wait to hear this album because this song fucking smokes and yeah i i don't know if i was the first day buyer but i know i got that shit when i was new uh you know i didn't go i, I didn't stock no nobody no record store clerk for it but i did uh get it. <laughs> i did get it uh probably the first week i don't know next whenever it was released the next time i walked into a record store i grabbed
2: it. march 15th, march 15th, march 15th. I, yeah.
1: and i probably March 20th who knows but I know I brought it at home. I'll never forget. I popped that shit in my CD player. And I was like, I am in love with this fucking album. This yep. album was fucking awesome. And it was like a real trying time for me because I really wanted to see them so bad. And they didn't come to Florida because, you know, the tour was basically a flop. Mm-hmm. They, they, they had to cancel tour dates. They couldn't even finish it. And, uh... But I love this album. I got coronary, you know, because it came with a little pamphlet, and I was like, "All right, I'm gonna get this too extra," you know, and it turned out to only have one song I liked off it. Baby, baby kills. The rest of it, oh my god, Sonic Boom, whatever the fuck, Planet. Boom. Like yeah. Anyway, so uh, I love, and I still love this album. And it was maybe like two, three years ago, I decided to play it on my Walkman during my walk. And I'm listening to it, and I go, man, this is their best album, man. You know, because it was always Shot of, the, Shot of the Devil for me. But now it's kind of like a tie. And you know? for a while, I was thinking this is way better. But now I think now, nah, you know what? I can't pick over Shout of the Devil. And I can't pick Shout of the Devil over this album.
0: What do you think, Ian? All right. Well, you know, at the time this was going down, I was a Motley Crue fan. Uh, you know, because I was young, dumb, and full of cum, that TJ would have took off my hands for a thousand dollars. But, uh, less. Uh, okay, okay, less. Okay. <laughs> All, right. All right, twenty bucks. Um, but no, I I was a Motley Crue fan. Uh, you know, and Doctor Feelgood was one of those I bought. You know, right when it came out, I remember that, and uh, Steel Wheels came out the same time, and I, I remember going mm-hmm. to the record store and buying both those albums. Um, you know, but Dr. Feelgood was one I got sick of pretty quick. That's kind of when Motley Crue started wearing off for me. I was like, uh eh, I don't know. You know, maybe maybe I'm growing out of this. And, you know, I was also getting into heavier music, but I was still shocked when, when Vince left. I couldn't imagine Motley Crue without Vince Neil. I'm like, but well, how you know, it's horrible. How's that going to work? And it was a bad time. I mean, you had Hallford leaving uh, Priest. Uh, What else did you have around that time? Uh, Yeah, Bruce left Maiden, you know, Belladonna left Anthrax, you know, and I do remember watching Headbangers Ball and this is before this happened. I saw a video from the screen Mm. and I thought it was absolutely horrible. Then I heard Hooligans Holiday. I heard it on the radio first. Before I saw the video or anything, and I thought it was the best Motley Crue song I've heard since "Shot at the Devil." I, I think, without a doubt, there, there's not even a contest. This is the second best Motley Crue record to me. They will never beat "Shot at the Devil." To me, that's an anomaly. the, the, um, the you know that that album is is so much better than it deserves to be coming from Motley Crue. And that I'm, that is I'm, just a I'm metal sorry. masterpiece.
2: I'm sorry, but it is a Motley Crue record. It says Motley Crue on the cover.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm sorry. It says Motley Crue too because it's better. It's better than that. But TJ, since this is your favorite album of all time, why don't you take the opening track, "Power to the Music"?
2: This is a masterpiece. the the uh, the guitar tones, the bass tones, the drums, the lyrics. The, the chorus, the whole damn thing is just ridiculous. But the harmonica solo, what a, what, a, what a song. Knocks me in the dirt to this day. It's just, I just don't know what to say. I'm just going to, I'm going to gush all over it because it's just sonically Bob Rock, I believe is the greatest producer that's ever walked the face of the planet. Um. Um, I I believe this this album is the most underrated rock album of the 1990s.
0: Ralph, what do you think?
1: Yeah, like when I uh, like I said, when I came home and I popped this in and the first thing I noticed, I was like, holy shit, this one was fucking drums.
2: That's right, damn straight.
1: The drums are just so fucking vicious and loud and killer sounding and yeah, and then, you know, hearing John scream his way through the verses, <clears throat> just the drums of John. It's just a... And then, you know, when the band comes in, I, I just love it. And you know me, I don't like I don't like uh, instruments you blow into, but I love the harmonica not only on this, but it shows up later on the album because it's got this, this sound that makes the music a little richer because it's a heavy harmonica sound to some heavy music. To, when I hear shit like that, I don't mind it at all. and. Mm. I love it. I love this song. I think it's the perfect opener for the album. And I think it rules, Ian. All right. Well, I will disagree with you guys. But Power to the Music, I
0: think it's an okay track. I don't hate it. But I, I think it's just okay. Uh, don't think it's a good opener. And I will agree with what, what Raul said. I think this is the best Tommy Lee's ever sounded. I I mean, I think Bob Rock nailed it when it came to the drums, but I'm not a huge Bob Rock fan. I think probably my favorite album that Bob Rock produced would be uh, Blue Murder's first album. Uh, I I think that was perfect production-wise, and he hit everything right. This album is, is definitely a kitchen sink record. I mean, every instrument, every fucking trick is thrown into this album. And I think a raw production would have served it better actually. But I cannot argue with how he captured the drum sound because it is, the, I when people talk about Tommy Lee being a good drummer most of the time, like, whatever. When I hear this album, I'm like, okay, I'll give you that because he, he sounds like John Bonham on this fucking album. I mean, really fucking good.
2: But I, how- when, when, doc, when after, after Dr. Feelgood, I said to myself, I said, there's no way, there's no way they're going to they're gonna get a better drum sound than Dr. Feelgood. And then this came out and just buried every, every drum sound I ever heard for the rest of my life.
0: Yeah, no, he he sounds good. Dare I say he sounds better than Peter Chris? You know,
2: on this album. Yeah.
1: Did uh, you see that Peter Chris
2: drum solo? Did you guys see that Peter Chris drum solo? It was great.
1: Yeah, but okay. No, no Kevin Valentine.
0: Yeah, yeah. Take your medicine, Kevin Valentine, greatest kiss drummer all
1: time. dude, I love Peter Chris. Hundred thousand years, kiss alive. I'm sorry, you're deaf and you have no fucking soul. If you can, if you can't tell me the a live solo is not majorly kick-ass, it was it was
2: brilliant. It was brilliant. Yeah.
1: yeah. Started to well, Many drummers wanted to play drums
0: because they're hearing that. Well, I, I I think many drummers were inspired because he made drumming sound easy.
1: Yeah. But that's just me. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, I'll take the next track. Better Uncle than Uncle Jack
1: Kimberly Chamberlain, whatever the fuck his name is.
0: Uh, I. I don't, I'm not. I'm not a huge Pumpkins fan, but uh, I got to disagree there. That fucker can drum.
1: Uh, so. Okay. Uh, anyway, Billy next Cole, track.
2: Billy Cogan Billy, Colgan, Billy Colgan is Corgan is more horrible than Vince Neal.
1: Oh, that yeah. that goes without saying. That fuck. Yeah,
0: yeah, but Jimmy Chamberlain. I mean, I, I yeah, I, I I'm get not, to defend I'm, too much about Smashing Pumpkins, but I love Jimmy Chamberlain.
1: Jimmy Chamberlain's a good drummer, but he's no Peter Chris. Is all I'm saying. But
0: uh, let's let's talk about the next track, and let's talk about some kid fucking, Uncle Jack. Now this song, holy shit, do I love this song? Now this is how you do a fucking kid song. Are you hearing me, Errol Smith? Much better than Jamie's crying. This is the apex of songs about fucking kids. This is a kid fucking song I can get behind wow uh love it uh apparently uh inspired by john krabby's uncle who was a convicted child molester uh, i don't know if his uncle's name was jack but it was written about his uncle um wow what a fucking song and how different for motley Crue. i mean lyrically uh there's something of substance here mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean this This is like a really, really well written and uh, very well executed musically song. Really good, really powerful. I love Uncle Jack, Uh, like Uncle Jack loves little kids. This is uh, a great song about molesting children. What do you think, Ralph?
1: Yeah, it's my favorite song off this album, man. This song fucking rules. It owns. let me run a razor across your throat. That shit's badass, dude. Uh, I was jamming to this today in the car, and I heard it twice. I heard this song one and a half times today. And man, Uncle Jack is just, you know, you were talking about earlier about Kitchen Sink. There's Kitchen Sink in this song that's awesome. That whole, oh, yeah. these really weird noises makes it more demented, and it's dark i don't know shit about music but it, it sounds tuned down the guitar sound tone down it's it's heavy it's grinding it's a fucking this is like to me the the best goddamn masterpiece on this album and there's some songs coming up that I absolutely love but this one tops them all uncle jack favorite track off the album what do you think tj
2: well i i think that um this song if anything sounded of the time, this one in the song we'll get to later, um, it was this. I mean, it's very, it's very um, Seattle type sounding. I think, I think the song, I think the songs are a masterpiece. Surprise, surprise. Um, you know, I think another thing I was going to mention is that Mick Mars's guitar playing on this record. Now, I'm not sure who's doing the solos, whether it's John and Mick, but the guitar solos on this record are insane. In In terms of, and what I mean by that is, I can hum every guitar solo off this record. The, the guitar solos are are memorable. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's not Edward Van Halen, it's not Steve Vai. They're, they're probably not technically amazing solos, but they are—they are songs within the song, they are songs within the song. And this song, you know, it's obviously—it's obviously got. Um, personally, I don't want to get behind anything to do with children, especially to do with molesting children, <laughs> because I know Ian was saying, Well, oh, this is a song I could really get behind." I thought, "I'm not getting behind any kids," but—but. But <laughs> This is um, give me a thousand
1: dollars. This is oh, oh, come on. How much did you have to drink, dude? (laughs) Oh, I'm kidding. I don't have a thousand (laughs) dollars. You're (laughs) crossing the line in this episode. Jesus Christ, bro.
2: (laughs) Well, you haven't fallen asleep yet, Ian, so we've done well. I'm getting Um, there. No, it's well, it's it's probably because I'm talking too much, but it's it's amazing. (laughs) It's amazing. And the other, the other thing I want to say is that I was finding new things in this album for, for months after I got it. If you really, you know, when I used to listen to this on headphones, I used to hear new little things in it all the time. You know, um, and John, John said that, you know, with this song, you know, being about, about his uncle, um Bob Bob was in the studio going, you know, is is that really pushing him and going, you know, is is that all you've got? You know, this this guy molested your family and molested your molested your kids and, and you're and you're not angry about this? So so Bob, the genius that he is, really really pushed Karabi on this and it shows. I mean again, but I, I do think this is another song of the of these songs. I mean, this does does sound a little bit like Alice in Chains or something.
0: You should have told him, think about how I molested Metallica. (laughs) 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 All right, TJ, you're so excited. Why don't you take a track? I hope you change
2: your mind on Hooligans Holiday. I love I love I love this track. I just didn't like it the first time I heard it. I didn't. I didn't love, you know. But there's a lot of Motley Crue that I that I didn't love the first time I heard it either. I didn't love Generations One the first time I heard it either. Um, but I mean that's a whole other issue. But does anyone? Do you guys realize how much this sounds like Round and Round by Aerosmith?
1: Never really noticed. that.
2: No. I love it. I love it. Um. I don't know what to say. I, lo- I love the video, the whole clockwork orange um, thing. You, you know, they just they just look cool as hell. Right? This is this is when part of the time when Motley Crew looked cool as hell. And and um it's 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 amazing. But the feel of this is very, very aerosmith round and round.
1: Alright, what do you think, Ralph? Um, I love this song Uh, like I said earlier it's the first thing I heard blew my mind I still love it Um, yeah the video is super cool and uh, yeah I I, I love those breakdowns where John spotlights John's voice and uh, screaming his ass off on here And I like the vocal effects you know that they do on here during the verses it's just a badass song and of course the drumming is insane. The song rules, Ian.
0: Well, I'm not going to argue with you there. I loved it from the moment I heard it. Absolutely loved the video. Again, you know, what you guys said with the whole Clockwork Orange thing. Uh, I don't know why this wasn't a bigger hit than it was. You know, I think it, there could have been some you know, backlash from the record label, probably just wanting to hope it bombs so they could get Vince back and, you know, collect on the multi-million dollar contract that they were given after fucking uh, Dr. Feelgood. But I-, I thought it was amazing. But I will say, you know, there was so much backlash at this time. Uh, and I-, I, know I remember reading some articles where they're saying, oh, yeah, we we could change and become better like Van Halen did, which I'm like, what? Okay. Yeah. But there were, there was so many things against Motley Crue at this time. You know, things you got to look back in hindsight. See, when, when Sammy joined Van Halen, okay, Sammy was not bigger than Van Halen. Everybody knows that. But he did have a name and when 5150 came out it was after van halen's biggest album and they came out with an album two years later now you you switch this to motley Crue. this album came out five years after Mm -hmm. dr feelgood which at that time was their biggest album but you're talking five years the musical climate had totally changed Okay, when when 5150 came out, it hadn't changed that much that, you know, it was still on the tip of everybody's tongue, Van Halen. People still loved hard rock, you know, cock rock, whatever you want to call it. Uh, But now, you know, you've got everything against them. All of a sudden, hair metal is not in vogue. It's a dirty word. And you're taking five years for your next album and you're replacing with a no known singer. Nobody knows who the fuck John Karate is. And then I, I'll never forget. I watched that interview uh, where, you know, they were kind of even ragged on Motley Crue and they got pissed off and walked, you know. You're yeah. not looking too good here. Just cap up to it and just say this is who we are now. But they didn't do that. They threw a hissy fit and walked off. But just judging well, actually, on the song. I...
2: Actually, Nikki Nikki was the one that threw the hissy fit.
0: Yeah,
1: exactly.
2: Well, but be... Nikki... it.
0: Nikki is Motley
1: Crue. Yeah, but you know, you know, know, if you look close in the video, they go fire, hairspray and chicks and Tommy Lee goes Dr. Feelgood wasn't like that. Dude, Dr. Feelgood, they were playing around fire the whole time.
2: Exactly.
0: At a time when grunge was king, this wasn't converting any new people over.
2: Mm. And
0: then you you had the diehard Motley Crue fans who were pissed because it wasn't Sounding like Vince Neil era Motley Crue, you know I loved it, but I was in the minority. But I still stand by. I think it's one of their greatest songs. I know, you know, we've done the the worst Motley Crue songs, we've done the the best Motley Crue songs, and I don't remember where I placed this, but I hope it was in the top five because yeah. I, I believe in this song that much.
1: The song, uh, the
2: song, the song's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Yeah. You know yeah, another just...
1: another factor of the flop of this album was MTV just stopped playing their shit after they had that little stupid argument.
2: Yeah, but yeah. but but yeah, you're right, you're right, Ralph. But why was that? Because, well, I, I, I yeah, yeah, I yeah that... no, because because I... Nikki because Nikki, you know, and I love Nikki Six, but Nikki Six was acting like a dick. We don't write pussy pussy songs anymore. That was all for Vince, blah, 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 blah. You know, right, but he wrote
0: all those pussy songs. Yeah, so and he, he, you he know said,
2: I wrote I wrote them for Vince. I didn't write them for me. I, let,
1: me let me tell you something, TJ. I, I'll believe Nikki Six is telling the truth. Uh if if Terrence is right now in a synagogue. <laughs> All right, well, I'll take the next
0: song, Misunderstood. Holy shit. Now, this is the epitome of a kitchen sink song. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: All the sound effects, all the shit that's in here, background vocals from Glenn Hughes. uh, You know, we think we're the fucking Beatles. We got, you know, stuff playing in reverse. I think it's a good song. It's a good song, but it's just trying so fucking hard. And damn near seven minutes, it's the longest uh, song on the album. And you're doing a ballad way past the ballad era. Okay, that that shit's over, I, I guess, unless you're Aerosmith, which, you know, Aerosmith, you know, by this point, they're putting three to four ballads on a record. And Motley Crue did it on this too, you know. Uh, way too many ballads, in my opinion. I think it's a good song, but it's blatantly them trying to sound hip and alternative. And but at the same time, we'd see why this song went nowhere fast, just as far as you know, on MTV and on the charts. A good song, but trying way too hard. What do you think, Ralph?
1: I love this song, man. Yeah, I know. I hear all these effects and hate the ballad age, but <clears throat> I don't know, man. I mean, whatever. It's a great song. I think it's an awesome song. I love what Glenn Hees does on it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's just a great, you know, it's a mellow song when Tommy comes in and it gets a little heavier, beefier. You know, it's kind of like half a ballad. And even a ballad is about, you know, some old man contemplates suicide twice a day. It's, uh, it's dark. And uh, all those kitchen sink noises, like, adds to the vibe of the lyrics. And uh, I think Misunderstood is an awesome song. And, yeah, I guess it was Misunderstood by the general public. But it was an awesome song. And it's still an awesome song. Heard it today. Jammed out to it. I was like, and fucking John, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, the way he screams through the song, and he's got the little mellow voice in the beginning that just fucking screams his ass off. Love it. Love Misunderstood. Great track. That's what I think. What do you think, T.J.?
2: If there was any justice in this world, this song would have been absolutely freaking massive. Yes, yes, it sounds Beatles. Yes, it sounds Zeppelin, Cashmere type, type thing, you know? Um, it's, it's genius. It's absolute genius, the, the acoustic intro, uh, the, the, melo- the melodies in this song are just superior. The harmonies in this song are just superior. I met, I met Glenn Hughes and I got him to sign the, the 94 album and he was the sweetest guy in the world, by the way. And I asked him about this. I said, do you, do you remember doing that? And he said, yes. And he said, "You know what? I never got paid, but that's what that's what friends do." Um, he he um, the the whole. I mean, this is an epic. This is an epic. This is my. I mean, I love every song on this record, but this is my favorite song on the record, probably. Um, I just. I mean, and the and the drums, man. The drums are orgasmic in this thing. You know, the whole thing mick mars's guitar guitar slide guitar solo in this is insane insane this is this is a a prime example that i talk about mick mars is so underrated and so fat sounding his tone is is ridiculous um as i said i don't think mick mars does himself any favors when he does guitar solos live you know instrumental guitar solos live but, well,
0: I hate to correct you, but it's actually DJ Ashba that played the
2: solo on this.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> probably. Probably. But they they weren't with they weren't with Alan, They weren't with 10th Street Entertainment when this was made. But probably, you're probably right there. You're probably right there. Didn't didn't DJ Ashba play on the first Led Zeppelin album, too? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah if you ask him. <laughs> I blew I blew harmonica on this album. (laughs) Not the actual harmonica. The song guy. His name was Harmonica.
2: Well, you might have blown harmonica, but I blew it. I just blew over this album. (laughs) (laughs) You made it sticky. I made it all sticky.
0: Yeah, and after this episode, I'm gonna blow TJ for twenty bucks.
2: Yeah. Uh, No, only cost you five. I'm cheap.
0: uh,
1: Okay sweet i mean <laughs> shit uh it, all right ian, well tj oh no, he's doing that so you talk to your friend a grand each don't forget dude a grand
2: yeah each.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm gonna lick your ball-, ball i'm gonna lick your balls just to get introduced to your
1: friend yeah exactly
2: just, well just no, just just rim, rim my ass will be right
1: yeah look look uh, he's doing all enough. this hey ian but get it right you're doing all this for us to meet his friend not just you
0: yeah well, yeah it's
1: for the show well why don't i get the both of you then no, no, no! All if right, Ian's the guy who uses his mouth. I, I told you, I'll take it to the bank phone.
0: All right. Well, I'll, I'll talk about the next one, uh, which is what I'm going to do to you, TJ. I'm going to make your whole shine. Uh, <laughs> Love shine. Uh, oh my god! Uh, not a bad song.
2: Right, but you.
0: it's funny, you know, if if misunderstood was them trying to do cashmere but sounding like pleather. Uh, this is them definitely trying to do Led Zeppelin 3. Uh, and, and again, just showing, oh, we're so versatile. We can do this. We can do that. But fact of the matter, Love Shines a damn fine song. And mm-hmm. what I love about it the most is it doesn't overstay its welcome. You know, two minutes and 36 seconds. It's just a nice little interlude. Uh, there's a little bit that sounds just like oh we're this we're that no we're this you know look at us look at all the different shit we can do but it doesn't hide the fact that this is a great little song and you gotta owe it all to john karabi because they never ever could have done something like this with vince neal never but uh i dig love shine i think it's a good track what do you think tj
2: i think this is another song I think I think the single should have been "Power to the Music." I think, mis, I think "Misunderstood." I think "Love Shine" and I think "Poison Apples." Um, oh we, we'll, God! We'll get...
0: You're you're a fucking idiot, but I love you.
2: But I I, yes. I know
0: that's the that's a cerebral palsy talking. If if your well, brain was working right, you would never say that.
2: Nikki Six came out at the time in metal Edge and goes, oh. We don't want to be the biggest band in the world. We don't want to get jumped in, you know, lumped into the land of overexposure again. Oh, we love playing smaller venues. You know, it's just so much more street. Look at look at Cheap Trick. That's where they are now. And if if they'd, if they'd made a video for this, if they'd made a video for this, this song probably would have got a lot of airplay. This song probably would have got a lot of airplay and... and you know, again, would have helped save the freaking record. Great true. great tune.
1: Yeah, um, what Ethan was saying earlier, it's like and them going, uh, look, we can do this, we can do that. And uh, that's what I love about this. It's like you know? Motley Crue saying, look, look what we can also do. And, and that's why listening to this album and, you know, including Love Shine, I'm like, man, doesn't sound like Motley Crue, but I fucking love it. And then they released Generation uh, Generation Swine. That album should have been called Psych, because you know they never fucking they never did fucking music like this again. This song is awesome. It's got you know I, I whatever it is bongos or whatever the fuck with it, it has this good atmospheric. Yeah, the production is way too slick. I think this song would sound great stripped down. Doesn't need all the gloss on it. It's just a good song. Period. But what I'm just saying is them saying, look, we can do something like Zeppelin 3. And I'm like, holy shit, you can. And then later on, it's like, ah, we forgot how to do that. You know, they only did it on this album. Mm. And uh, Love Shine Rules. The next one's Poison Apples. This one sounds the most like early Motley Crue to me. That's right. It sounds, and I like it. I mean, not one of my favorites on here, but there's a song on here I don't like, actually. But it's not this one. I think it's a good party rock song. But, you know, other than the song I dislike the most, this would be right above it. But I do like this song. Um, Ian. Ooh. Poison apples?
0: Oh. here, Here's Motley Crue. Here's the Motley Crue you know and love. Oh, my God. Maybe this album should have just been an EP and ended with the Collective Soul cover, Love Shine.
2: You know, I love Collect Salt," Soul, by the way.
0: Da, 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 ah, come and let your love shine in. Uh, I, I, I would rather hear that than Poison Apples. Holy shit. And this is the one song that's credited with uh, Bob Rock as a co-writer. Mm. And you can tell that he's, hes he was probably like, oh, this album sounds too good. We need to make a song that sounds like Motley Crue. <laughs> uh, Oh, my God. This is so bad. I mean, everything sucks on this song. Even John Karabi sucks on this song with that. You love us. You love us. We're so fucking beautiful. uh, It's just fucking terrible. But it sounds like Motley Crue. I can totally see this shit being on fucking Dr. Feelgood or Girls, Girls, Girls. This song. This definitely sounds like that, yeah. I, I think this song fucking sucks. Poison apples. Th- this is Motley Crue shining through. <laughs> you know, like ah, oh, they can't all be good. Uh, definitely. Uh, I, I don't know. I gotta. I gotta look at what's coming up, but I think it's safe to say this this could be the worst song on the album. Really fucking bad. Really like Motley Crue bad. This is like a state to Los Angeles, man.
2: Horrible. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with Ian. This is the one that sounds most like Motley Crue. That's why it should. That's why it should have been a single. That's why it should have been a single. Yeah, yeah
0: but would it, would have that have helped them in 1994?
2: I, I relate this to kind of fifty-one-fifty, and the reason fifty-one-fifty kind of worked is they kind of went with a commercial-sounding. Whoa, of, whoa, 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 whoa,
0: whoa. I, I'm going to stop you right there. Are you trying to say 5150
2: worked? <laughs> 5150
0: sold. Man. Uh, uh, hold on. Are, are you a Sammy Hagar apologist?
2: I I, I apologize for nothing. But
0: I, I I need to know who I'm getting in bed with here. Do you like Sammy Hagar?
2: I love all Van Halen, and yes, I love Sammy Hagar.
0: Oh, I am not sucking your dick, sir. I am <laughs> sorry to let you know. No, nope, nope. You put that thing back in your fucking pants, goddammit.
2: I even like Van Halen with Garrick's Road.
0: Oh, god, that blowjob just went away with your fucking hairline.
2: Man, it's going uh, to be
1: bitch editing him out of this episode again. Oh, yeah, you 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 done fucked up now, son. <laughs> I
0: was, I was, I was going to overlook sucking your Motley Crue-loving dick. You know, but but now, oh god! Well, okay.
1: we're gonna we're gonna we're going after we're done here, we're calling Johnny Bogan, and I'm just gonna add, yeah, him to this episode. yeah, yeah. I, he
0: may love he may love Motley Crue, but at least he knows fucking Sammy Hagar's a sham.
2: I I uh, saw I, I saw Van Shrine
1: Yeah, that was the okay. one. Well, I I stopped seeing Van Hagar, Van Halen, until Dave came back after Monster of the Rock. You know. Uh. I didn't go see fucking the Fuck Tour of balance. Fuck that noise. And and Van Halen three. Oh, they're playing Romeo Delight. They're playing this and that. I was like, I don't give a fuck. It's not. And and dude, that the way Gary Sharon struts on stage. Give me a break. Go, get the fuck out of here. I can't watch that guy.
2: Okay, put put it in context though, guys. This is this is where this is where you guys don't realize how how blessed you are in the states, right? Van Halen had never been here. Never, ever been to Australia until Van Halen 3.
0: Alright, All right, you piece of shit. What do you think about Poison Apples?
2: Sammy Hagar, love him, bitch. That. Poison Apples is great. You should have been a single.
1: By the way, I, I, I hate Sammy Hagar, but I don't wish death on you, but Ian does.
0: Well, even if I, like, I, I, I don't wish death on TJ, but I'm definitely not sucking your dick now. That that's done that
1: done past,
2: gone. I love I love I love all Van Halen, and I love David Lee well. Yeah, but you love Brandon, so it's understandable. Yeah, well, the, you know, I, but come on, you know, the, I do have dif- difficulties in life, so this explains a lot. Yeah,
0: yeah, come, yeah. On. come on, Ian. Yeah, you know, and and. I wasn't even, you know, before I found this shit out. I wasn't opposed to playing Brandon while I blew you. That way we'd both be crying. But, <laughs> but now I, I don't. Know. I, I, I <laughs> sir, I, I don't think in good conscience I can suck your dick. That's, I'm, ugh.
2: That's all right. Can I? Can, I, I, can, can I, I? Can I? Can I? Can I suck yours? Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, dude, he loves Sammy. He must suck it good. Yeah, yeah but I, I'm not looking down. I'm yeah. not looking down. You're God gonna God. watch it because Sammy Hagar fans, I heard, can suck a mean dick. <laughs> oh. uh,
0: All right. I hope that I hope that TJ stands for tongue job now.
2: God damn. It. No, no, TJ really should be two gay James.
1: Ah, uh, I see you're not good at spelling either. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm, uh, I'm I'm kind of dopey myself.
2: <laughs> do, you, do, you, do, you, do you guys do you guys remember when <laughs> I can't believe I did this do, you, do you, you probably don't remember Ian but you kicked me off the group once <laughs> was it for Sammy Hagar's shit it was it was and I didn't I, it was a setup and I didn't even realize not just for me but just, you put 5150 against a against a David Roth album. And I just voted. And then all of a sudden I got kicked off. And I reached out to Ralph and I'm like, he kicked me off. I don't I don't even understand why.
1: But did you tell me? Because if Really, you, you don't I would have said, well, yeah, it's we'll understandable. <laughs> oh, hey, off. hey, Ian beat me to it. Let me put let me put it that way. <laughs> Ralph, do you take hammered? Amard, uh is the first song they ever wrote together. Yeah, when, he, when the first time they did a jam, they actually wrote the song on the first jam. Great song. And the opening riff reminds me of Early Motley Crue, like that kind of too fast for love type of you know, sleaziness. And the lyrics, is it's hilarious, these lyrics. These lyrics are about Vince Neil. You know, cocaine whores, all this shit. It's like, bitch, all of you are just like Vince Neil. They all like the strippers and the whores. They they did all that fucking shit, and then here sitting like you know what we were saying earlier. Nikki wants to diss him himself of how Motley Crue was back then, even blaming Vince Neil for writing songs like that. But back then he was he was in strip clubs too and doing coke off fucking chick snatches. You know they were doing they were no different than Vince Neil. The only difference is that they changed. Vince Neil still fucking. Snorts all the coke and fucks all the fucking strippers. That's the only motherfucker that's motley through in his band. Because here, they never really went back to that, you know, Nikki tried with the treat me like the dog I am and shit like that. Murder in high heels and shit. But he was forcing it, man. I'm sorry. Because he really wants to distance himself from all this shit. And uh, especially at this time. Now it's like, oh. I have no integrity. I'll, I'll go back and play with Motley Crue because 6 a.m. didn't work out. I thought it was. And and Tommy Lee didn't work out, you know, and Vince Neal is like, hey, man, fucking if I get to sing Motley Crue, I don't give a fuck what stage it is. Look at me, man. I'm playing the fucking food truck festival. don't yeah, I don't give, yeah. a, fuck. I don't give yeah. a fuck. As long as I can yeah. sing for Motley Crue songs. Yeah, he'll play the band with Dana Strum. He don't give a fuck. Yeah. Yeah, that's how fucking <laughs> he just, wait, wait wait till Vince one time sobers up and looks to the left of the stage. He'll be like, Wait a second, is that the guy from Vinny Vincent's invasion? the fuck did I do with my life? But um uh what were we talking about? Was I talking Hammers. about oh, Hammers. Hammers. Yeah, yeah, it's an awesome song. It's yeah. heavy and it's great. I thought I dig it. There you go. All right, I I think it's all
0: right. I I like the heaviness of it. I I don't think there's a great song behind it, but I appreciate that it's at least heavy. And, uh, you know, I I didn't know that it was making fun of Vince Neil. Yeah. But, you know, know, that's kind of funny, you know, to try to deny, you know, their past and put it all on, on hammered. But, you know, much like, you know, Star Wars fans who were up in arms, when George Lucas redid uh A New Hope, you know, and 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 Guido shot first. Everybody's like, Han shot first. Well, you know what? Vince Neal fucked Pamela Anderson first. Ah, yeah, that's true, man. You know, Vince fucked her first and and, and Brett Michaels fucked her. Then Tommy Lee got that shit. Yep. She and used yeah. to she used to have a nice pussy, but Tommy Lee fucking hammered that shit.
1: Yeah, before that, but, uh, yeah, Vince fucked her first. God damn it! You know, Vince and uh, Brett, they fucked her, and when it got to Tommy, he was fucking her, going, "God damn, this snatch is tight," because you know they're not hung well. Those other two.
0: Yeah, and and she was gonna fuck CC DeVille, but he said, "I, I like Sammy Hagar," <laughs> and, and and she didn't she didn't fuck him or TJ. <laughs> but uh, it, it's an all right song. It, it, to me, it, it, it's filler, but I, at least it's heavy. That, that's the best thing I can say about it. What do you think, uh, Sammy Hagar boy?
2: <laughs> um, it's it's awesome. I love this. It's, the groove is awesome. You know, Tommy's drums are awesome. The riff is fantastic. I like I like the, the breakdown. Hearing you know Nikki's bass. DJ Ashra didn't play it, um, no, no, it's 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 great. I'm, I mean, I'm just, I'm not going to say. Actually, I am going to say one thing at the end about this album. So i thought about it, but, but no, I mean, it's um, apparently this was the first first song they they played together when when uh, Robbie was auditioning for the band. They they came up with this song that day apparently.
0: I, I believe it because it's half assed and I'm like, ooh, sounds like Motley Crue. <laughs> Alright, what do you think about what should have been the title track, Till Death Do Us Park, DJ? Well,
2: I think as I think Motley Crue I think Motley Crue was a very lazy title for this record. And yes, um it would've been it would have been cool to have this as the title track. I love um Tommy Lee's kick drum in this you listen to the to the to some of the accents that, that he's doing um, you know and it's do do on the kick drum but it's it's not every time it's like it's like really really smart drumming arrangements there's some cool sounds going on here Mick Mars's um, guitar solo is ridiculous and It's another ridiculously amazing song, often the greatest album of all time.
0: Awesome. Ralph, what do you think?
2: Uh, It's cool.
1: Uh, Not one of my favorites. I put it, you know, it kind of drags a bit, but it still keeps me interested. Um, Not a huge fan of this one, but, but it's not skippable. You know, I do think it does drag on a little bit. It could it could have been shaved down a bit, but I dig it. What do you think, man? Uh,
0: I absolutely love it. I love, probably in my top three for the album with uh, Hooligans Holiday and Uncle Jack. Uh, I dig it so much. I I think it should have been the the lead track, honestly. Um, yeah, I absolutely love it. And I'm going to the next one. Welcome to the Numb. Uh, Another one I dig. I really like this one. Now, this one has a mix to me. Like, I I could hear Vince singing this. uh, And I can definitely hear Karabi singing it, which I think he does great on this one. But uh, the funny thing, as I'm listening to this, I was like, oh, yeah, I I think this one. But it it gave me epiphany uh, of what could be a great title for a Motley Crue, like, box set like welcome to the dumb i i i think would work great uh welcome to the numb i absolutely love i i, I think it's a cool rocking track i think this would have made a good single and a good video but uh never made it that far what do you think tj
2: i think this song is fantastic i think it's very heiress with all the line you, all do right. you guys hear that
1: Oh, I hear Aerosmith all over this.
2: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. This was my favorite
1: song when I first got the album. And it was for a while. Then Uncle Jack overtook it, but still my second favorite. So I'm fucking rules, man. And yeah, there's a heavy Aerosmith groove to it. And I love the harmony vocals during the the verses. And it's just badass, man. And I did. I made a video for the song. Yes, you did. And it came out pretty badass. Yes, it did. uh, Yeah, I love this song. And when I made the video to the song, it was still my favorite song off the album. But Uncle Jack overtook it, so it's my second favorite. Absolutely love. Welcome to the numb. What's after this? Smoke the sky. Yep. Fuck yeah. This song is crunchy, heavy, fast. You know, at the time when Bill Clinton said, "I inhale." You know, this was all, you know, Mr. President, tell the truth. You know, and so, you know, about smoking weed, man. And, uh, you know, the video is kind of like, you know, you don't watch it if you got epilepsy. You know, it's a little too flashy, too much flashing in the, in the video. But it's a smoking song. It's really heavy. And to me, it's them saying, look, we can sound like Metallica. Because it sounds like, you know, what, what uh, holier than thou, what Bob Rock did to Metallica. This sounds like a heavy Metallica bass song, and it's fast-paced, and Tommy's ripping on the drums, and it's just a the fastest, heaviest kick ass song on the album, I think.
2: I think this is probably a song that kind of sounds like a bit of a cross between some Pantera, yeah, and 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 um, yeah, definitely very heavy. the 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 video is 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 awesome, and again, you know, it's. A, it just goes to show how diverse this record is, and you know, I, I, Eddie Van Halen said once, he goes, you know, I love I love albums that not aren't all one-sided, you know, that that go from like 1984 to Top Jimmy to Hot the Teacher. They're all they're all completely different songs, you know, they're completely different sound, and this is very, you know, this is different to Poison Apples or Misunderstood. It's not. It's not a commercial song at all, but it's it sounds monstrous.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I think it's just kind of eh. Uh, to me, it's, it's much like Hammered. Uh, I appreciate the heaviness of it, but I don't think it's much of a song. Uh, you know, I don't know. TJ couldn't like this song anymore if it was called Suck This Guy. But I'll go into the next song, which is the one I listen to uh, much like Ralph. I listened to it a time and a half today. And this is the one that really caught my ears. And I was like, fuck, I forgot about this one. Mm. And that's Dropping Like Flies. Mm. Holy shit. To me, this is, uh, I don't know if I'd call it, I wouldn't call it killer filler, but I would definitely like the deep track. Uh, that I think is awesome. I really had a whole new appreciation for this song. Because nowadays, you know, if I if I throw this on, I'm listening to like Hooligans Holiday or Uncle Jack or Welcome to the Numb or Death Do Us Part. Um, I don't listen to it too much as an album. But man, hearing Dropping Like Flies, I was like, oh, fuck, I gotta add this into the mix. Uh, definitely them trying something different. I can really hear, like, you know, a Seattle uh influence on this. Uh, but I, I really, I really dig it. This was probably the most pleasant surprise of going back and listening to this album. I really dig this track. What do you think, Ralph?
1: I don't like this one. <clears throat> <laughs> I never liked this one because, see, what we were saying earlier, oh, look, what's trying to sound like Zappo and we're trying, all that, like, was fine, but this one is, like, trying to sound... Too much like Alice in Chains. Mm-hmm. And just it's just total grunge. And it's of the time. And uh, I remember even the first time I heard this album, I was like, all right, this sounds great, but I, I, that Drop and Fly song. John sounds good on it. Bye bye, you know, screaming and shit. But I was hearing it today in my drive, and I'm like, yeah, dude. It's like, this is a song that just never, ever grabbed me. It, it's not like I hate it. You know, it's like this album rules, dude. I, I won't even skip this song just to hear or whatever. But it's definitely my least favorite, and it's the most blatant. Like, you know, okay, we're trying to fit in, and it, it kind of like to me, it's it takes it takes out its uh, expense of the song, was trying to fit in, and it's like, dude, you're only doing it on one song, you know, and it's a, a deep track, nobody's gonna hear. So it it's whatever, man. I mean. My least favorite, but it, it's better than time for change. You know, and, you know, whatever you want to fucking, I could throw a million Motley Crue era songs. You know, Joliet, not Juliet. What was the name of the song they sang on? uh
0: on, Nona.
1: No, no. Well, gee, that goes without saying. The one on Decade Without Decadence. The girl. Angela. 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 What did I say? Like, why Nona? Juliet. Juliet. <laughs> Whatever, shit like that, you know, and she goes down, sticky sweet, slice your pie. Uh, better than those songs. And I'm not even, you know, I don't like this song that much, but as you can tell, I really hate a lot of the other Molly songs that are very loved that I'll put, I'll put this over girls, 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 you know. So there you go. That's what I think. All right. TJ?
2: I love it. Again. Uh, it, it, this was the other song that I mentioned earlier. Was I agree with Ralph? It's ex- extremely of the time, um, but with with it's a better song and it's got better production and the 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 drums smoke in this. Um, I, lo- I love the I love the melody. I love the verses. It's 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 kind of like a. It's kind of dealing. I don't know really what the song's about, but it, it kind of has that vibe of the lyrical vibe of like being in a wasteland somewhere. Yeah,
0: yeah. TJ, take the last song, "Drift Away."
2: <clears throat> now, this song is very cool. This song is very cool. I I do I do love this song. Like I love every song on the on the record. Um, I think it's I think it's you know it's a great it's a great kind of ballad. That, that goes into this, like, big, big kind of bridge. It, it, it builds, and, you know, obviously um, John singing about being alone, or I don't know who wrote the lyrics for this, whether it was Nicky or John or they wrote them together or what, but but um, I, I do love this song, but I don't think this song should have been on the album. I think there's another song that should have been on this album that wasn't. And um, I don't think this was the rock ballad to end the album with.
1: right, Ian.
0: Okay. Um, Not a horrible song, but uh, another ballad too many. I mean, you've already got Misunderstood and Love Shine. Uh, But if, if you look back, you know, around this time, one band that was impervious to the grunge shit was Aerosmith. And they, you know, Aerosmith was putting out albums where there's like three, four fucking ballads. It's all right. What do you think, Ralph?
1: Uh, I love it. Like you said, yeah, there's three ballads on the album, but all three of them sound extremely different from another. Unlike "Crying" and Crazy and all those. Right. They all sound like the same fucking song. Where these three are very distinct and very different from each other. And I think it's perfect. I think it's a perfect way to end the album. A great, uh, beautiful, heartfelt, I feel it. I feel the music, I feel the lyrics, I feel the vocals. I think it's a well-structured song that if I was to pick any song off this album as the ballad of the three, I'm not saying, I like Misunderstood better than this song, but I think this song would have done better than Misunderstood as as a single to the masses, you know? Because I think. Right, but, but in 94. No, 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 no. no. It wouldn't have done shit, but it would have done better, I think. It would have done. Let, 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 let me put it this way. If this album was released in 89, that would have been yeah. a better single than Miss Even
0: Even 90, I think this would have done yeah. better.
1: Yeah, it would have done better then, you know, but.
0: but Post Nirvana, it didn't have its chance.
1: I mean, look at the difference, man. This closes with, you know, Drift Away, and Dr. Feel Good closes with. Time to change. I mean, come Ooh. on. Ooh. Yeah, you know it's like, come on. Look at. Tell me what's better. Come on, DJ You gotta even admit. You don't even. You you think this your least favorite song? shouldn't been on the album. But you can't possibly tell me it's better than Time for Change, can you?
2: Oh, I love Time for Change. What is it better? No, I don't think this is a better song than Time for Change. DJ. Oh, oh. I I think. Oh, uh, we'll we'll get to it when we get into Quaternary, but I think I think there's, I I th- you know it's a it's a I love the I love the song, but I think it's the wrong, it's the there's a song on the on Quaternary that blows this away. You know, you think it's
1: wrong for this to be in the '94 album, and I think they're giving you the wrong medication. <laughs> what the well, hell, man? Are you? F- like- what, dude, can you? Hey, man, can you like smother it in something that the dogs can't smell and mail me some of that shit? That shit? <laughs> I, want, I, want, I want I want some drugs that'll make me think time for change is better than drift away. Shit sounds awesome. Oh, man. Well, we got some bonus
0: tracks on here. Let's let's yes. go into something I think that definitely describes TJ. And that's hypnotized. It's oh, my it's like oh, my God. It's more like boner tracks. Oh, uh, my God. First of all, it perfectly describes TJ, but what a horrible song, and I'm so glad this didn't make it. I did see that they recorded 24 songs for this album, and, and half of them made it. I can totally see why hypnotized didn't make it. Uh, uh, to me, I, I don't even know if I would or this B-side material. Uh, this is like Z-side material. What do you think, Ralph?
1: Ah, it's all right. I don't hate it. You know, it's, yeah, I can understand why he didn't make the album. But yeah, know, there's some great <laughs> pounding drums on it. And but it does totally sound like a B-side. You know, it sounds like something that wouldn't have made the album. And yeah, I like the other two more. We'll, we'll talk about the bonus track more than this one this will be my least favorite of the three that I know of and uh what do you think TJ? I
2: this this song's cool it's cool I, I, lo- I, lo- I like it you know because I I love every Motley Criss song but it's it's not my favorite Motley Criss song I this was this was have, now just before we get into this because I know we're going to have either of you now? I've got the ordinary EP. I've got the Japanese ordinary EP. I had the I had the original European one, and then I realised there were more tracks on the Japanese one that I got back in the day. But Ralph, you've got music to crash your car, two volume two, don't you? Yeah, I've
1: them both actually. Yeah, yeah I knew I, as well.
2: I, I knew that you. I knew that you did because sometimes on you on your videos when you when you know when you you show your CD shelves, I kind of look and see what's there. So I thought, I thought you did have, did have both of them. Um, but Stop yeah, I'm this. What? Yeah. Well, I, I pay very close attention. Um, the, uh, yeah, this was, this was originally, I heard this on the B side of the, of the hooligans holiday single that I got. And, um, it's it's okay, it's okay. Living in the know, no, living in the know, originally was was one of the um was one of the bonus tracks on um, the ordinary EP. What they what they did when they when they got their masters back from Electra was they you know did all the remasters in in nineteen nineteen ninety nine and. Living in the Know and Hypnotizer wound up on the on the uh, so-called remaster to the 94 album. Why why the 94 album needed remastering, I'll never know. But um, those those two songs did did end up. But they were originally they were originally from the Japanese Ordinary EP. Um, Living in the Know is amazing. I love it. But I can see why it didn't make the album because it sounds like Welcome to Enough. But it's too too similar to Welcome for the Mouth.
1: What do you think, Ian? Oh, this song fucking sucks.
0: Holy shit! Uh, I was listening to it today, and I don't remember. Li- I mean, I think it's on the the second box set, uh, but it's it's spelled yeah, it living, is. Li- living in the know the N O, and, and on the bonus tracks on the remaster, it's K N O W, but uh you know to find out this was on the japanese release of corn terrier or whatever the fuck it's called it's like i, I don't know i got to think th- this is the second worst thing to happen to the japanese people after hiroshima uh,
1: yeah this it that was them getting back at us for pearl harbor
0: yeah uh, it's it's horrible i did I, i'm listening to it today and i had to rewind it like three times i was like i was like what the fuck is that riff at the beginning? I'm like, I know this. I know it's fucking it's fucking
2: super It's super not.
1: Is it? It's fucking yeah. No, it's, it's, it's fucking yeah, no, it's Voodoo child, dude. No. Man, it's it's yeah. It's super it's super yeah, it,
2: it, it, Okay, it, 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 Ralph's right. <laughs> I just, okay, well, I just feel well, like well,
0: well, fuck you both. No, it, it, it's it's <laughs> the super not riff.
1: Okay, all right. If you say, yeah, so I'll play him I'll play them back to back during this episode. So, so, yeah, whatever. I like the other one the best, though. The 100,000. What is it called? 100,000 miles?
2: 10,000 miles. 10,000 miles. Yeah. Are my favorite of the bonus tracks. Nikki, again, in an interview with Metal Edge at the time, and this is obviously before I'd heard the song, but Nikki said, We had this song, 10,000 miles that everyone said if you put that if you put that on the album it'll be a number 1 single and miki's said but oh well, we didn't want to do that cuz we didn't want to get cast into the land of overexposure again right you, this this song this song should absolutely in my opinion have replaced drift away this song this song should have been on the album should have been a single this song is a masterpiece an absolute masterpiece the chorus is phenomenal in this song this there aren't words man this this song is is ridiculously amazing Eh, it's no time for change it's it's way better than time for change of course it's way better Way, way, way better.
1: Everything's better than Time for Change. eh? No,
2: but come on.
1: All right, Brandon's not. Okay, I'll give you that. What's What you think, Ian?
0: Uh, 10,000 miles away. TJ, you ought to be glad I'm 10,000 miles away, because if I was in the same room with you, I'd smack the dick out your fucking mouth. (laughs) This song's fucking horrible. You know why your hair left, TJ? Because it's got taste. (laughs) <laughs> oh God! Oh God! And the remaining hairs you have on the side of your head—they're like, yeah, Motley Crue—that's good. Yeah, ten—all oh, those smart hairs left because you played shit like this. Smart. Oh my! And I—I I, I think I—I I think now I can prove a sneaking suspicion that I've had for a long time, and that's Motley Crue can cause cerebral palsy. Uh. <laughs> You know, it's, and this is no genetic defect. This is no, it's not your parents' fault. I, 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 I blame it squarely on, on Nikki Six. I, mm. I mean, I, I, I still love you and I hope they find a cure for Motley Crue. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> God damn, 10,000 miles away. I'm not, I'm not going to let you get off scot-free. I, I would have. I would have had more respect if you would have said, "Hey, put Planet Boom on the fucking album." <laughs> what, what, what a fucking pussy! Fucking how do I know? How do I know when it's Motley Crue when you hear shit like ten thousand miles away?
1: You know, oh. you know, you know, Ian. There is a cure for Motley Crue: <laughs> a gun and a bullet.
0: <laughs> oh man,
1: yeah. do the I don't want you to die. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I love
0: you, TJ. I I wish you nothing but the best, but I, I I don't know. Like like, if if I had a choice, like there's a gun to my head, like cure your cerebral palsy or cure your ears, I'd be like, he can live with cerebral palsy, you know. Walk it off, you know. I want to fix your fucking ears. Well, oh. at least that, uh,
1: at least TJ can't go around telling the greatness of Molly Cruda people. Oh, thanks. Yeah, to- uh, <laughs>
2: How many you guys realize that there's a reason I've got cerebral palsy and I walk with a limp? Yeah, it's time yeah. for change. It's partly
0: true. It's because <laughs> no, I'm,
2: it's, it's I'm carrying around so much weight in my pants. Oh. <laughs> yeah, change your diaper.
0: Yeah, time Holy to change. <laughs> yeah, Time to change your diaper, TJ. <laughs> 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 ta- ta- time to use a
1: Q-tip. <laughs> TJ, you like No? Uh, you like the song No? no? Yep. Yeah. Wow, that's that's yeah. some water stuff, Ian.
0: <laughs> uh, I, I love this goofy Puck, though. He, uh, how he's about
1: good. How about Bad Boy Boogie? How about that one? Bad <laughs> is bad. That's that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> your daddy is. Yeah, man. <laughs> We got the craziest fans. I gotta tell you. Uh. Oh god,
0: yeah. You know it's funny. He's he's like a comedian, but he's like an insult comic because all the songs he praises insults my intelligence. Yeah. Oh my god. All right, we we, we gotta end this shit and get into coronary, quarantary Corn whatever the fuck. And I'll take the first track, Planet Boom. And for those those who do not know, this was an EP a five-track EP that you could you could send off for, and it was supposedly limited to 20,000 copies. And each member had a solo track, and then there was a band track. And it starts off with Planet Boom, and this is Tommy Lee. And th- this is like pre-Methods of Mayhem, but you can see where he was going. And that's the one thing I'll give Tommy Lee. He puts out all this rap rock crap and everything, But I honestly believe him, this is what he likes. And he's even said in interviews, he doesn't like Motley Crue music. Mm. This is the kind of shit he likes. You know, he plays Motley Crue music because it pays the bills. Uh, This is horrible. Uh, This was later re-released as Welcome to Planet Boom on the Barbed Wire soundtrack, the uh, Pamela Anderson horrible movie. I bought that single too. I bet you did and I would love to hear your interesting spin on how this is a decent track. So go ahead TJ.
2: Well, I just I I they played this they played this live on the tour. Tommy Lee did this live on the tour. It's, it's cool. I I dug it. You know, um you still and, like it? Yeah, but you know the reason why I think I like this to be honest is Tell I think he's I got like a big dick? I, Well, (laughs) I wouldn't know cuz I've never seen that movie. It's nothing to do, nothing to do with me.
0: Do you you refuse to watch it because Tommy Lee fucks
2: a woman? (laughs) And not you? No, I refuse to watch it cuz Tommy Lee's not fucking you, Ian.
0: (laughs) Ouch, that sounds painful. That guy's (laughs) got a dick that could drive a boat.
1: Yeah, you know, TJ. You refuse to watch it, but after ninety four the best thing Tommy ever has done is haunt a boat horn with his penis.
0: All right, Ralph, what do you think of Planet Boom?
1: Fucking garbage, man. <laughs> what the fuck is this crap? I remember when I bought this coronary and it started with this. And I and I liked the little banter in between, which by the way yeah, me here's, too. here's the thing. When they put it on the box that they got rid of all the banter. Oh, no, they didn't? Well, mine did. Mine goes straight to the songs, no banter. Where, where Nikki sick is like, hey, we're musicians. Funny. Yeah.
0: We, we don't have time to have fun. We're musicians. Yeah, okay.
1: yeah. That that was at the time that he wanted to be known as a musician. You know, hey look, ignore slice of your pie and she goes down. I'm a musician now. Come on and dance. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you got to admit, fucking John Karabi can't do that.
2: Battle <laughs> snake shake. Yeah. Oh, God. Shake, shake, shake.
1: With the fake keyboard horns. <laughs> holy crap. What a shit album, man. Doc, doc, Dr. Feelgood started good. I like the Dr. Feelgood song, but then after that, holy shit. Look, and you see, there they try to be the Beatles on uh, the uh, slice of your pie, they it try to good. get it to she's so heavy.
2: That's
1: it's true. Like, yeah. Give me a break. What the fuck, man? But but you got to admit they were
0: visionaries because that shit ends with time for a change. Yeah. And boy, <laughs> were they right?
1: <laughs> yeah. The change was we're going to write good music now. <clears throat> oh, anyway, uh, yeah, was planning. Boom. Fuck you. Uh, you talked about it already. Ian. yes. All right, what's a, the next one's The Nikki Six one, right, or Mick Mars? Right? No, no,
0: next next one's a Mick Mars, Bittersweet.
1: Yeah. Oh, I, you know what, man? Very rare. Do I like the blues? You know, it's just very rare. I love like Red House when Hendrix does it. I like some Johnny Winter, Frank Marino when they do the bluesy stuff. But for the most part, I'm not a blues fan. And I'm telling you, man, this this song is just boring. Very forgettable. I mean, honestly, I don't even know how it goes. I I haven't heard this in years, but I remember it was just a a pedestrian little blues guitar instrumental that's just, I just don't give a fuck. Don't care for it. What do you think, Ian?
0: Uh, Couldn't disagree more. I I think this is the best track on this fucking EP. I think this should have been on 94. Uh, I can name three other songs. I, I'd rather you know take off there and put this on, and this gives me a little hope that, damn, maybe maybe Mick does know how to play guitar, and he, but he just needs that paycheck so bad, to, you know, to cover his spina bifida or whatever the fuck he's got going on. Uh, same thing. Take note there, TJ. Uh, look, look what Motley Crue did to fucking Mick Mars. Yeah, he, he, he can barely fucking walk, you know. What do you think, TJ?
2: I think this is—I think this is a, a, a great example of how amazing Mick Mars is. I think this—this this is amazing. I think it's, um, yeah. So, All right.
0: Well, uh, well, TJ, why don't you take the next song—the the Ministry cover
1: uh, by Nicky Six's Father?
2: No, I—I really like this. Yeah, I had oh to drink
1: water while you talked about this song.
2: I, I listened to this again this morning just to make sure, I, but yeah, I, I dig it. I think it's got a, I think it's got some cool, um, riffs going on. And, and, um, you know, I love, I love all the spoken word thing that happens before it. It's, it's, it's very dark. It, I mean, this is probably pretty indicative, even though the production is different, but it's probably pretty indicative of where they were going on Generation Swine, really. Um, I think it's i think it's cool you
0: know huh? okay uh i on the other hand did not uh, <laughs> I, I don't think it's a very good song at all uh but it did prove a point it did prove a point that w- when <laughs> fathers leave it's the kids fault uh, oh my god really really bad song uh you know, trying to do, like, a little industrial thing here and, you know, uh, also another hip trend in the 90s was to blame your parents for everything and wham, wham, wham. Uh, horrible. The best thing I can say about this song is it didn't make the the album. Uh, really bad, really bad. I'd rather hear Rocket Ship off of fucking Generation Swine than this one.
1: Oh. Horrible
0: song. I love yeah. that. Well, I I, love, I do, too. I like it a lot better than this. What do you think, Ralph?
1: No, I think Rockin' Shit sucks. Oh, this <laughs> song. Um, You know how TJ was saying, yeah, you can see where they're going with Generation Swine with this song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear it in Brandon. This song blows, man. This, <laughs> the fuck, this is just him saying, look, I don't want to be the guy that sang about She Goes Down anymore. I want to be the serious... We are musicians. And I'm gonna be very. You're not to have fun. Yeah, let's 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 show credibility here. Let me let me do something where It's like, oh my god, this shit is fucking terrible. And it is of the time, I guess. But you know, rocket ship, dude. It's like, have you guys ever heard David Bowie? Seriously, I mean. Yes. I mean, come on. Yes. I
0: love David Bowie much much more than Nikki Six does. <laughs> yeah,
1: and, and the way that he does. This song is total David Bowie worship, but it's kind of a, an insult. How bad rocket ship is. Well, well, yeah. Anyway, I, I I don't like this Sister of Mercy song. Where the fuck this fucking Nicky sick bullshit is. I just don't like it. So but I do like the last one. I like baby kills with. Oh, uh, no, 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 you, you're,
0: skip, you're you're skipping one. You're skipping John Karabi's song, Friends.
1: Oh, oh. <laughs> and I love Karabi, but this is him saying, look, Look, I I, I, want, I want to be I want to do a Queen song. It sounds like a bad Queen song. With the oh man, it's horrible. I, I don't I I don't like it. No, no, next. And I love Karabi, but nah, I don't like it.
0: What do you think, TJ?
2: I love it. I love it. I think it's great. I think uh, it's got, I think it's got um, Beatles Beatles harmonies all over it. Apparently, it was the first time John Carabi had ever played piano in his life, and I think it's really, really good. I think the the vocals. See, I'm a, I'm a sucker for melody, you know. If a song doesn't have like melody in, and I'm just I'm just not really interested. So, anything that's kind of got you know, because I'm 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 you know I'm basically a songwriter, and um, yeah, no, I am. Um, I, I think it's really. I mean, you know, it wasn't going to be a hit or anything, but I. I think it's a gorgeous little piece. Well,
0: well, a nickname for my cock is Melody. You a sucker for that too? <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yeah, this 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 is horrible. To me, this is this is Karabi with no filter. I can see why they took this off. This is just too. Uh, <sighs> I I hate to say, there's not enough Motley Crue in this song. This is just Karabi trying to do, I don't know what the fuck this is. I I love him too. I I think he's a great fucking singer. Really good singer. Uh, And I really wish this could have been like some kind of jump off point for his career. You know, we're like, okay, this didn't work, but he went on and did something else successful. Because I wish this guy nothing but success but uh let, let's end this fucking shit and talk about the last horrible track baby kills oh my god uh the one thing i can't say about baby kills is it sounds like motley Crue because it fucking sucks <laughs> what a shit fucking song uh ralph uh, why why do i think you like the song
1: yeah i, I could i said it earlier <laughs>
0: oh yeah, that's right. I fucked. I up. got a neck for the obvious. Yeah,
1: you like this shit? I fucked up. I said I like this song before I talked about the the crappy John Karabi song. It's the only song I like off this. Now, no, I mean I don't like it. I think even dropping like flies is at this level. You know, it's like I'm not a fan of the song, but compared to everything else on this fucking album, it's Stairway to Heaven, man. you know, I dig it. But it's not like, oh, this should have made the album type shit. But I think the song, you know, I'm, I'm just, let me put it this way. I can't remember the last time I put on court, Mary. So it's not like a must listen to song for me. But I remember listening to this album. And that's the only thing I, I, that stuck
2: out for me. That's how I feel.
0: All right. What do you think, TJ? End it out.
2: Billy Preston played on this. Did you guys know that?
0: Yeah, yeah I think I said that earlier.
2: Oh, Yeah. Um, no.
0: Funny,
1: funny story. He's dead. <laughs> Did <laughs> Billy Preston die? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh man. He, he's yeah. Dead. Yeah. I, uh, unfortunately, he
0: died of AIDS and cerebral palsy from playing <laughs> with the Motley Crew. <laughs> oh fuck. you
2: <laughs> know? Do you know?
0: Mick um, you know, Mick social security number is four. <laughs> That's, that's a true story
2: no but yeah Baby baby Kills is great it's, I mean I don't know what else I can say about it it's um
1: alright well they just stop right there yeah pretty uh,
2: much
1: Tommy Lee I'm on all. drums, John Karabi on vocals, Mick Mars on guitar and you know who plays bass on this tune? I bet you didn't know this uh, TJ
2: no who plays bass on it?
1: Matthew Trippy.
0: <laughs> yep, the the real Matthew Trippi or the one who died,
2: the one that died. Oh, okay. He probably he probably died after being in the studio with these idiots.
1: Yeah.
2: All right. Well, this
0: this album was released March fifteenth, nineteen ninety four. Produced by Bob Rock, and it went gold. But uh. You know, very much a uh, disappointment from what Motley Crue sold in the past.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The two tu- the tour did not do very well.
2: Even though I, I, w-
0: I, I wish I had a chance to see it because uh, I, I would have went if I didn't have to drive that far. I
1: it like to, I like to interview John Carabi for an hour just to warn him about the next time he goes to Australia.
0: Yeah, right. the yeah. only the only reason we talked about quarter is because you paid us. Yeah, <laughs> that's <it. laughs>
1: Yeah, we work hard for our money.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and we we love you. And I was like, at first when I saw you wanted to talk about this too, I'm like, God damn. But I was like, all right, it's TJ. I love this little gay bastard. He's a sweetheart.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know about you, Ian, but I made an appointment tomorrow for the doctor for them to scrub off my cerebral palsy.
0: All right, well, enough of that shit. Uh, Let's talk about some picks of the week. And I know you've heard this show uh TJ once or twice. So do you have a pick of the week?
2: Yeah, I would actually like to talk about the new Saxon. Nice. I think I think it is really, really I've only listened to it three times, but I think it's really, really good. And it's um it's probably the I I really liked um what was the I really liked Sacrifice. I think it's the best album since *Sacrifice*. Cool. I've
1: awesome. heard some songs so far and I really like
0: them. Awesome. Ralph, do you have ones or do you want me to go?
1: You go.
2: Car- Carpe Diem, it's called for anyone that doesn't know.
0: Yeah. Well, it's it's funny you picked that because that was one of my two picks of the week this week. Uh, I just listened to Carpe Diem the other day. I really dug it. Yeah, that was one of my pick of the weeks and the other pick of the week is the new album by Voivod, "Synchro Anarchy"? Um, I really dug this. I listened to it actually right after the Saxon album. I put I put on the new Voivod. I love it. You know, if you know Voivod is uh, you know an eclectic band, you know they're definitely an acquired taste. But if you like Voivod, I, I think you'll you'll love this. You know now. Is it the thrash of, you know, Worn Pain or Roar or Killing Technology? No. But if you like stuff like, you know, Nothing Face and Angel Rat, uh, I think you'll like it. I mean, I, it, it's definitely even heavier than those albums, but really, really good. And it just, it was a refreshing change of pace. Like, man, I, you know, I haven't heard anything, you know, come out recently that sounds like this. I, I just think it's... Classic Boy Bod, Synchro Anarchy uh, would be my other pick of the week. Ralph, what you got?
1: All right. Uh, <clears throat> uh, David Bowie, the man who sold the world, that album. Oh, great album. Yeah, my 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 friend recently, well, maybe it's been like four months now, he turned me on to it. And I bought it, and I played a lot, man. Especially that first track, The Width of the Circle. So yeah. Great. Such a great fucking song, yeah. eight minute epic, awesome tune. I like uh, "She Took Me Cold" and "The Superman" and Black Country Rock. Um, I've been getting into a lot of David Bowie lately. I really like "The Station to Station." I like yeah, him.
2: it's great stuff. Um, uh,
1: great Zig Stardust is a, is a great one. And what's that other one that he released after that Iggy Pop album? Uh, it's one word. Oh man, it's good. Too. Low. That one, low.
2: Yeah, yeah, love
1: low. Low is awesome. So, but but as we speak, because I'm really getting really into David Bowie lately. Uh, this one's still my favorite. I like the man who sold the world because it has more of a heavy edge to it. It's like heavier. Yeah, definitely. And uh, it's it's just a kick ass album that I revisit more than all the other ones. And I've been playing this a lot man. in my car and shit. It's just a great song and yeah i, I kind of, i saw david bowie live on the uh glass spider was that what you called? it glass spider. yeah glass spider yeah the orange bowl i mean he was huge and you yeah know, it was uh peter
0: frampton playing guitar yes, for him then but... peter
1: frampton yes and um you know at the time i was a very casual i loved uh, uh ground control to space oddity i love that song yeah i loved a handful of his songs you know but you know, I just went as a casual. And now, looking back, it's like, wow! I'm gonna punch up, you know, the Orange Bowl set list to see if any of these songs made it. Because it's a shame I didn't know this album when I saw David Bowie. I didn't even know the man who sold the world till I heard Nirvana play it. I mean, that's how backlogged I am on this on
2: this there's, there's, artist. There's a whole bunch of live albums from that tour. If you wanna, the tour that you saw. If you wanna check them out.
1: Yeah, I know he released a professional VHS, which I have somewhere. But, yeah, that's my pick of the week. Uh The awesome. Man of the World, David Bowie. Awesome.
0: Well, now it's time to go into Fan of the Week. And, uh, of course, our Fan of the Week is TJ James. Uh, TJ, you've been around for a long, long time. Uh, h- how did you discover the show? And what do you... What do you love about it? What keeps you coming back?
2: And I have to say, this is just on that. I'm so happy that you guys are back together. I remember, I remember reaching out to Ian at the time of the of the of the split, and I said, "This will be back." And he, he, Ian was like so convinced. He was like, "No, never, never, never." What up, um, bitch! I honestly, well i honestly it's but i've been listening to you guys for so long i honestly can't remember how i discovered you um
0: yeah and i I, I still have that message though i mean god if i read the whole thing he's like ian you've always been my favorite you're the talent behind this i'm so glad ralph's gone and i was like ah you know don't don't, don't say all that. You know,
1: no, no. It's, Ian, just, your, your internet's breaking up. I can't hear you.
2: It just, it, <laughs> it, it, it just depends who's dick I'm sucking at the time. I mean, I <laughs> Yeah, I guess Ian is your favorite.
0: <laughs> but, but then he told me Mot- Motley Crue was his favorite band and then it all meant nothing. I was like, oh.
1: Let me tell you, let me ask you something, TJ. When you were uh, sucking Ian's dick, did you have to fight Anthony Bonex a lot to get to it? <laughs>
2: I really think you guys are my friends. You know, I, I know, and I, and I think Ralph, I think Ralph's, I think you're both smart. I think you're insightful with, with, you know, your commentary. I mean, I, I really love you guys to death, you know, and I'm, and I'm, and then another, another guy that I, that I really love that's now becoming in, involved with, with this, you know, and I want to give him a shout out too, is the guy that's in Wild Ride. Um, Mick Watkins yeah, I'm having a mental blank. But Mick, Mick Watkin's rules, you know. Yeah. And yeah. I just, I just think, I just think it's, it's a family. And, and look, do, do I always, do I always agree with some of your reviews? No. Yeah, hope but, not. But, but does that, does that matter? No. You know, I even, I even listen to the stuff where, where the, um, you know, where I don't like the album. Can I do a, a plug? Um, sure. If, if people if people want to hear my music or find out about me, go to tjjames.com.au, my my music, I'm about to release my sixth record this year. Um, and yeah, I I work with, the analogy that I use from my, my music though, is that nobody buys Stevie Wonder's music because he's blind. You know, either your music's good or it's not. And um, I, you know, released released a, a bunch of stuff, all my own stuff. Um, and twenty to thirty percent from every stream and every download and every everything that we do is donated to cerebral palsy organizations across the world.
1: Uh, you know, you know, I forgot. I should
2: have said this earlier.
1: I had the worst dream last night. I had this fucking nightmare that I woke up with cold sweats. I had a dream that me and Ian were playing a show somewhere. We booked a show, but we we're playing this fucking theater. And when uh, when I drove up to the theater, the marquee said, Ian and Ralph. And I fucking <laughs> woke up screaming. I woke up screaming like, oh It was horrible, Ian. Horrible.
0: <laughs> Don't worry, that'll never happen. I know my billing questions.
2: Well, I, I should be out like Semi Hagar's career.
0: <laughs> oh, Lord. All no, right. Well, regardless.
1: It, of...
2: You didn't. No, I said I should be out like Semi Hagar's career. I wasn't.
1: You no, know, you know, all I know is that if you stop listening to him, that's going to cure your cerebral palsy. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. Your jokes suck like you at a Motley Crue meet and greet. Yeah. But I still love you.
1: <laughs> well, I hey, if Jill. you enjoyed.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, come back next week to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast.
1: Isn't, isn't it already next week? I mean, goddamn, that did we... <laughs> this... It
0: is in Australia.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm you, man, this fucking show's like a week long. It's gonna be a bitch to edit this motherfucker.
2: Well, hey, at least now I can pay for another episode. Oh, God. <laughs>